What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Broken Tables podcast. This is episode number 37. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas. I am here with my co-host, as always, Rome. How you doing tonight, man? You know, it's a really loaded question this week. <laughs> right? Yeah. Got to be doing good this week. That, that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. All right. And thank you to those of you uh, listening to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Anchor, and uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and uh, everybody who is watching on YouTube as well. Jordan, we see you in chat there. Thank you very much. Um, anybody else, please hit that subscribe button if it is red. Uh, we do appreciate it. It is free for you, and it really helps out the channel. Uh, everybody on their apps, please hit the uh, equivalent follow or subscribe button also. Thank you, guys. Um, holy shit, what an amazing freaking episode of Dynamite, man. Uh, I felt like... Any of these matches could have been the main event tonight. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think that it was a, an excellent go-home show for what's going to be a really exciting pro, uh, pay-per-view. Um, I would have had the Wardlow-MJF match go on last. That's just me. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an excellent, excellent show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they wanted to get those eyeballs on the show tonight, um, you know, with that steel cage being there right when they opened it up. So, um, yeah, so let's get right away. Let's get started. Um, we see that steel cage and, uh, we get Spears versus Wardlow first with MJF as the referee. And I have to say MJF's referee, uh, uniform was absolutely fantastic. Um, instead of having the traditional black stripes, like a referee, he had the Burberry, um, scarf pattern in his stripes and he was wearing some little tiny, uh, black what do you got? What do you, I guess you could only call call them booty shorts, right? <laughs> I think you could call them. I think they're called biker shorts, right? Biker shorts. Short okay, shorts yeah, called. like, yeah. I think that's what they're called. I think you are correct. I do believe you're right. Um, this match was incredible. Um, I was wondering how they were gonna get, you know, MJF out of the picture. It it did not occur to me the way that they did it. Um, essentially, uh, Sean Spears leaves leaves the ring and by the way in AEW, you know you can't win a cage match by stepping outside the cage you have to win it by submission or pinfall inside the cage um so spears leaves the cage and grabs a chair and comes back inside um mjf is basically holding wardlow and sean spears smashes mjf in the face with the chair I didn't see this coming. I don't know how I didn't see it because it seems so obvious now, but that was such a great spot. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of want to touch on the beginning of the match a little bit too um, with the uh, Wardlow's waiting for him to take the handcuffs off spot. Yes, yes, yes. And you have a little bit of uh, I did get ahead a of myself bit of poetry there. there where it's, no, no, all good. Uh, a little bit of poetry kind of, you know, where it rhymes, where – we saw when CM Punk and MJF face, Wardlow couldn't find the ring, and then MJF returns the favor. Like, I just can't find the keys. Um, you know, kind of starts down, starts out as a little bit of a beatdown, but uh, we get to a point where Wardlow just kind of snaps and breaks the <laughs> the handcuffs off. They just snap. Um, and, man, yeah, what a fucking moment. Like, it was me, after MJF had right there. MJF spat in his face, and it infuriated yeah. him. And he just ripped his hands apart. Like, that was great. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. It was a hell of a moment. And it's, again, it's just, this storyline is like how you make a star. This is how they, how, this is how Vince should have booked Roman Reigns. Yeah. Honestly, back in the day, it would have been a lot better, you know, instead of just like handing him everything, you know, yeah. it's crazy. And to get into correct chronological order, like you got me back on track there. Um, after he rips his hands um, apart, he uh, hits a huge senton from off the top rope. Um, that was freaking awesome. Um, as he's about to give Sean Spears the uh, um, broken handcuff of the week, as he's about to give Sean Spears the uh, the symphony, the powerbomb symphony, that's when MJF kicks him in the balls from behind. Um, Spears hits him with a C4. But uh, Wardlow kicks out. Um, after Wardlow kicks out of that, that's when the chair, the chair uh, spot happens. So that's when Sean Spears leaves the ring, grabs himself a chair. And this is right after Wardlow got kicked in the balls. Um, MJF is holding him. Spears goes to hit Wardlow with the chair. Wardlow dives out of the way. And he caught MJF straight in the face with that chair and... MJF fell like a tree, dude. Just boom. <laughs> he hits the mat. Uh, Spears is regretting his life choices at that moment. Um, and this camera work, I-, I can't stress this enough how amazing the camera work was here. They have a shot of Spears basically like in shock that he hit MJF with this chair. And Wardlow rises up from behind him. Like it, it was fantastic camera work. And uh, Wardlow proceeds to hit him with the Powerbomb Symphony. He hits him with three of them. He puts the chair that MJF took to the face uh, down in a certain spot on the ring. And the fourth Powerbomb of the Symphony is on the chair, man. That looked absolutely brutal. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It was a brutal finish and... It was great. Yeah, and to get ourselves a uh, referee here, I was screaming, where's Aubrey? I was chanting by myself in my living room, we want Aubrey. <laughs> but uh, Bryce Rimsberg uh, winds up running down. He jumps in the ring. He counts the one, two, three, with uh, Wardlow just putting one foot on Spears' chest, by the way. Um, you know, that's I, I was shocked he did that, but still gets the one, two, three. Um, he goes after MJF, but we get, you know, the security division comes flying in and one by one Wardlow absolutely annihilates everybody from security. And this was one of the best matches that I think I've ever seen on dynamite. Uh, I'm going to put it in probably one of my top 10 dynamite matches of all time. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think that it was excellent in getting its point across and telling this story that we're, you know, we're getting close to the culmination of, culmination of this Sunday. Um, if I were to nitpick, which I'm going to here, uh, I would have liked the match to go uh, just a bit longer and go on last. And I understand yeah. the the thought process of you want to get this big marquee thing out of the way. You want to do it first to get the viewers, you know, and the ratings and I get it. Um, But I felt like in terms of the stories that were told on the show, I would have closed the show with this. Um, Very similar to what they did 
because uh, keep in mind there is some poetry here as well where we got rhyming again with you know Wardlow's feud with MJF is has a lot of echoes of the Cody and MJF feud um, in the first year of AEW. And I think, you know, if you recall, that cage match went on last. I would have done the same thing here where I would have had this match go on last. But the problem, I also see the kind of the the flip side of it, where it's like this match wasn't about being a wrestling match. It was about Wardlow destroying Spears. Yeah. So I could see the argument why you wouldn't put it in the main event. But storyline-wise, I, I might have put it there. No, yeah, I mean... I think for like the crowd in the arena and for the end of the television show, that would have been a better way to go home. But I do think it was in their better interest for that cage match to go first, especially since the, you know, the results of that cage match was a match with MJF at the pay-per-view. So now some of those viewers that they got during that little boost right there at 8 PM, maybe they're going to buy the pay-per-view now, you know? So yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I see both sides of the argument. For exactly. It. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So um, next up was a uh, Jericho Appreciation Society promo. Um, this was really cool. It was them like walking down a hallway, almost like some male models type thing. It was kind of it was it was it was odd. Um, and they come across a poor stagehand who happens to be wearing a John Moxley shirt, and he gets a fireball in the face from the wizard Jericho. Um, you know, everybody be on the lookout, man. Wizard has escaped from Azkaban. Jericho's on the loose. All right. Let's get to our next promo here. Uh, next one was CM Punk coming out uh, to have a face-to-face with Hangman Page. Um, I thought this was absolutely great. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Punk act or, you know, present himself in the way that he did here uh did you notice that tonight yeah i did i thought that there was so i'm kind of i'm not i don't want to say conflicted but i definitely have opinions about this segment (laughs) um which some of them i'm going to leave for our pay-per-view preview show i don't want to kind of get too in-depth into my thoughts on this feud but i think I think that there was, like, I think that this was an excellent promo by everybody involved. I think that Hangman was passionate, and it was an excellent promo on his part. And I like the dynamic that Punk is playing here, where it's kind of just another day in the office for him. Um, But, so, unless they're kind of foreshadowing, I did have some questions about the, the, the content of this promo. Because so Hangman clearly has some real beef with Punk, mm-hmm. yeah. And like I'm trying to think back to this rivalry because you know as a Punk guy, like I especially like I mean I don't miss much when it comes to AW, but I especially really don't miss much with Punk. And I'm just sitting here trying to figure out where this animosity is coming from exactly, um, especially from a baby face because you know the way Hangman's talking about Punk. You would think that Punk is just here for the paycheck, that he's, you know, that he's, I don't know, that like he's trying to take down AEW. Like he's like, I don't know, like a spy for the Fed or some shit. Like that was the way I was like, what? Like you're talking like he's a cancer to AEW. Like, so yeah. I'm trying to see kind of where that came from. I don't really see it. I mean, unless the only thing I could think of 
is if CM Punk is going to turn heel at the pay-per-view and Hangman is just like, I saw through your bullshit all along. And I mean, that definitely could be what they do. I don't think that they should turn him heel as soon as Sunday. I think he's definitely coming, but I don't know if I would do it that, oh, excuse me, that soon. Um, But no, I mean, like at the end of the day, like this is an excellent, this is going to be an excellent match on Sunday. Um, and I'm very excited for it. Like I said, I'm going to get more into it on the pay-per-view prediction show on Friday. But no, I mean, it, it was an excellent promo that I'm, you know, if I, I mean, I was already sold on the show regardless, but I mean, yeah. people should definitely be sold to see this match. Um, and yeah, I mean, also uh, Hangman's, uh, Punk's in Hangman's head, I think. I think it's safe to assume that. Yeah, so what I was thinking for the animosity where that came from is, you know, as the champion, um, Punk was, or, you know, as champion, Hangman was watching Punk walk around doing the whole championship belt thing on his waist, you know. And, you know, as the champ, some people take offense to that. So I think, you know, we kind of were supposed to think that's where a little bit of the animosity came from and the way that Punk was just like, I'm going to win this thing, you know. So he was kind of like, you're overlooking me. That's the way that I kind of took it. So I felt like this was perfect. The way that I was saying, I had never seen Punk just kind of stand there with his hands behind his back and like the way that he was speaking, I thought it was very, uh, it was very different than the normal Punk we get, you know? Well, again, I think, I think it's partially mind games. I think in terms of the story, I think Punk sees that clearly Hangman is incredibly emotional and you see CM Punk, a professional, a guy who is going to give it his all to win this championship, whether that ends with him being a face champion or a heel champion, CM Punk is going to give it a hundred percent and try to walk out of there with the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Punk knows that if Hangman is, you know, distracted or takes his eyes off the ball, all it takes is one second and then it's done. Yep. And then you get the one, two, three. And so like, like Jordan said in the Sorry. chat, he might have been referring to uh, Punk's paycheck. There were some uh, reports out there, but we'll, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the paycheck thing. I don't know, because again, like, I, but I don't. That's why I don't agree with what you're saying either. Because, like, again, he's not talking about like just the championship. He's saying I'm defending AEW from you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a simple guy walking around doing the championship belting around his waist. That's like, this is, like, serious shit for Hangman, which, yeah. again, was fucking excellent. Like, here's the thing. I, I don't want this to be taken out of context. This was an excellent promo, um, and I'm super excited for the entire show, but this match especially. Uh, I'm I'm thinking this might be an emotional match for me personally just because of uh, reasons, which we'll yeah. talk about on Friday. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. This is excellent, uh, but I, I'm hoping... I'm not hoping. I'm assuming there's more to this story that we haven't gotten yet. But yeah. regardless, excellent. Yeah, I thought it was great. I like the part, like you said, Um, I wrote this down. You know, he said, I'm defending AEW from you. And I was like, whoa. I was like, you know, I, I think I even said to myself, I was like, when did Punk become the heel? You know, but I think they just kind of, it was just kind of to get us riled up, to get the crowd cheering, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. Cause, uh, well, because like I still stand by it. I like, I still think Punk's working as the babyface, even here. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. 
Hangman's giving I mean, off some heelish vibes. I don't think he's heel necessarily, but I mean, yeah, that's, because that's the vibe I'm getting here. The crowd was chanting CM Punk big time when uh when Hangman started his promo. I was kind of surprised there. Yeah, I also wanted to kind of give a shout out to the line that Punk dropped that I thought was really excellent. Um, was talking about how Hangman walked down his journey, went down the road that Punk paved, and that yep. AW the house was built by guys like Hangman, but they used wood from the trees that CM Punk chopped down. Oh, it was um, great. Which is 100% factual. <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like babyface or heel. Like if that's if that's the way Punk is going to, like, let's say Punk does turn heel, and his whole heel, like, idea is that, like, this place wouldn't fucking exist without me. He He's fucking right. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but, I mean, Punk created this dissension, you know, in pro wrestling. Like, he started the revolution. Like, yes, the revolution, the first shot was fired by Tony Khan and the Bucks and Jericho and Omega and all that, but, like, like CM Punk is the CM Punk is the Boston massacre of, of pro wrestling. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I'm just saying like, like, yeah, it's not viewed as like the start of the revolution, but like the key point when you open up your history book in class and they tell you, where does the revolution start? That's, that's what they say. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll we'll move on again. There, there's going to be. I'm going to have more to say about this uh, this feud on Friday. Jordan, Jordan says facts. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean, I'm all I'm all for it. Yep, me too. Uh, so Punk tries to force Hangman to shake his hand. He says, "You will shake my hand at Double or Nothing." He says, "You know what? You're going to shake my hand now." Uh, and instead of getting a handshake, he gets punched in the mouth. Um. So. You know, that part was odd to me. They're like, oh, he, he's in, Punk's in his head. And I'm like, in his head? I'm like, he just got punched in the face. Like, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, but again, it's, it's, again, it's like, Hangman's emotional. Adam Page is emotional going into this match. You know who isn't emotional? CM Punk. True. So that's why they're saying it, and I agree with it. I think that that's kind of the mistakes. idea behind the way Punk's acting. Punk's like, I don't mistakes. know why you're taking this so personally, but if you're going to take it personally, that's you making a mistake, and I'm going to capitalize on that mistake. Yep, absolutely. And that's what it was. And again, fucking genius. You know, he's the best in the world. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we had a really good vignette to uh, show us what's up with Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay for the TNT title again. Um, they did a lot with this quick vignette here. Uh, people may not have noticed some people online were kind of like, why? You know what I mean? So they showed why. They showed um, Anna Jay coming out to assist in a match where Jade was doing a beatdown. Um, they showed why Anna Jay, you know, deserves another shot at the title. Because in between that title shot, she's had a whole bunch of matches where they have won. Um, I thought this was a very good vignette. Um, I, I actually am very interested to see this TN title match. I still don't believe Jade is going to, you know, lose this one, but it's it definitely has some people thinking Anna Jay could possibly win this, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think anybody should be going into this match expecting Jade Cargill to lose this match. 
Um, I mean, yeah, it was, I think that it was a great segment uh, for what they had to work with. I think that the turnaround for this match was very quick, um, which is funny to me because I think that, like, I feel like the build-up to Double or Nothing this year was kind of weird. Not bad, but weird in the sense that, like, the card took shape over the last, like, week. Yeah. And the problem is that it's not a problem. I don't think that it's bad booking that's the reason for it. I think that they're so focused on putting out great TV each and every week is that they're they're not focusing on the pay-per-view, which some people might have an issue with. But, I mean, I definitely don't because we're getting excellent TV. And the storylines leading up to the pay per view make sense in the end, but yeah, what I think, I think happened here, kinda, what I think happens here in said? AEW is every dynamite is almost like a free pay per view. You know what I mean? There's been some times where we were like shocked to get certain stuff for free on TV. So I think Tony gives himself a date, and he just tries to book everything as good as he can. And I think he just plans the culmination of a bunch of storylines to all happen towards pay-per-views. And I think it works really, really well. Um, The way he does it is just, I think it's genius. You know, I've never been disappointed in a single pay-per-view they've had. I've not even been close to disappointed with a pay-per-view they've had. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. You know, it's just, it's excellent, man. It's it's excellent TV leading up to excellent pay-per-views. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, did you see Tony Khan tweeted out earlier? He's like, you know, a lot of journalists were a little upset that um, they're not going to be allowed to film during the after double or nothing um, scrum, you know, that they have, you know, the interviews they have with the wrestlers. He said, you know what, we're going to change that. You guys can film whatever you want. You know, he's like, expect an email from the PR team shortly. Like, there's nothing about this dude I don't like. I have yet to see anything about Tony Khan that I do not like. <laughs> 150 million percent agree with you. I mean, like this guy, he just, you know, he just, he just fucking loves this stuff, man. He's and he great. wants it to be good. And like, and again, that's the difference between this and, you know, the fed where it's like, I will sit here and I will watch this show. And I may not like everything on this show. As we talked about last week, the Sammy story, the tie story, fucking hate it. You know, other like other little decisions. Is it what I would do? No, but it's not my company. But at the end of the day, when I sit down and I watch AEW, whether it be Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, Rampage, a pay-per-view, the Control Center uh, videos, the Road to videos on YouTube, fucking BTE. Like I watch this stuff at no point do I ever feel like one, I'm being taken advantage of as a as a customer. Two, that my integrity and my intelligence is being uh, fucking insulted. I never feel that way. And three, that I ever, I never feel like I waste money. Like I feel oh, like yeah, I no. wasted money. Even when I, even when I was a fan of WWE, there were times where I would say, "Damn, I really, I really bought a Becky Lynch shirt. Damn, I really bought this pay per view. Damn, I was subscribed to the network for three years straight." You know what I mean? Like there are times where I'm like, "Man, that was not a good investment at all." <laughs> and we're here on the three-year anniversary of AEW, and I have yet to be like, eh, probably shouldn't have spent that money. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've yeah. yet to feel that way. I, and I qu- felt that way as, a, as, a, as an Eagles fan. I felt that way as, you know, 
a Nintendo, an Xbox fan. Like, I've felt this way about other things before. And AEW is the only thing I can think of where I've never been at any point been like, hmm, probably shouldn't have spent that money. Oh, never. It just hasn't happened yet. I spent over $300, I believe, at that last show we went to. <laughs> and I did not feel yeah. like, you know. Uh, I got a question for you now that we're kind of on this subject real quick. Have you sure. ever, can you remember us being advertised a match up until the time that the show started and then for some dumbass reason not getting the match in AEW? Can you remember that ever happening? Up to the point where the show started? No. Um, I mean, obviously things happen, Yes. uh, especially considering that two of the three years of this company were during a pandemic, you know, shit happens like, but in terms of like controllables, no, that we've never been lied to in any booking sense ever. Yeah. I'm talking like script torn up right before the show, you know, it was announced, you know, people are buying tickets to a show thinking they're going to see, you know, this wrestler versus that wrestler. And then. All of a sudden, that wrestler is like, I'm not doing any of these shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no, I've never, I've never, never seen that AEW at um, the other company that does that is super scummy. And I do not like them. <laughs> All right. So next up, we had the um, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus Private Party. And we had the entirety of the Jericho Appreciation Society on commentary over there. Um, I wasn't too happy with that because it kind of made it obvious that the moment this match was over, they were going to have a big beatdown. But I think we were going to kind of get that anyway. I think we knew that either way. But um, again, Jericho is calling himself a wizard. This is my one of my favorite things in wrestling at the moment. Um, if we have any graphic artists out there, I need the Prisoner of Azkaban uh, wanted poster for Sirius Black. I need that with Jericho replaced in Sirius's Black for Sirius Black's place, please. I will pay. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, this was a great match with Mo- Moxley and Kingston. Haven't got to see them together since they used to tag uh, together um, against um, the Elite. So this was really good to see them back in the ring together. Um, what a freaking awesome match, dude. Uh, crazy good shooting star press from Mark Quinn. Um, and then Eddie and Mox just proceeded to absolutely destroy them for the finish. That was nasty. Yeah, yeah I, I thought this was a great match. Again, like, uh, I, almost every match on this, uh, on this card were certified bangers. Uh, they were... It, this was really great, and I love, I love the continuation of having Jericho and his lordship William Regal on commentary. Yes, um, it's just I love the back and forth, the history between those guys. You can you can hear it, you can feel it as they're going on and on. Um, and yeah, I thought that this was a great match. That's like I don't think enough people. I mean, I guess they are. Like I'm really excited for this Anarchy in the Arena match and. I don't know the lengths they're going to go to. I, I feel like that this match is going to be a stadium stampede just in the arena. Like, I think we're going to see some shit in this match. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the interview with uh, Tony um, Khan, but he said that, you know, with, with COVID not really being a thing anymore and having full arenas, 
he said the stadium stampedes might actually kind of go away and they may turn more into this uh this arena you know anarchy in the arena thing yeah which i mean i don't know i, I definitely i do think that there is a place for cinematic matches in wrestling still um i think that we can use those matches on a on a very uh per base basis i think it's the word i'm looking for um where it's like don't do it all the time but you know every once in a while i mean let's let's be realistic here the best thing that wwe's put out in the last five years was the undertaker aj styles wrestlemania boneyard match or whatever they called it Um, (laughs) that was actually really good i love that (laughs) that was no it was really good and again like i'm gonna give credit credits due that's that's in about five years as well and the fiend but you know whatever um oh that that, that opened the wound (laughs) all right um yeah, you know. So we had forget about the uh, disappointment. But oh, no, this is it's going to be a great match, an excellent match in the pay per view. Uh, I'm expecting it to get it get extreme. Let's just say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we had the big brawl ringside. Um, Danielson and Chris Jericho focused on each other a little bit there. Um, I really, really hope to see a one on one with those guys sometime. Um. You know, we'll talk about this a bit later, but they're hoping to have a huge dynamite next week after this pay-per-view. So I think we might see Danielson versus Jericho at that show. Possibly. All right. Next up was a very good uh, vignette preparing us for Tony Storm versus uh, Britt Baker later in the show and for Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe later on. Um, I'm, I'm glad... Like again, they listen to the fans. Tony listens to the fans. We asked for more of these vignettes instead of promos, and uh, that's what we're getting. So I really like the change, or not really the change, but the, you know, the a- accentuation of what we all enjoyed. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll interject and say I would rather have promos. Okay, that's just me. I think I think promos come off as a little bit more. Uh little bit more real a little bit more in the moment i think that these promos these segments are uh these vignettes if you would they're they definitely have their value uh and i definitely think they're a great way to kind of recap and also get a little bit of a little bit of let's say spice a little bit of spice to these to these feuds but i mean i think that you know we're going to get to it in a little bit but i think i would rather a hundred times out of a hundred, I'd rather have like the Thunder Rosa promo we got tonight <laughs> over a video package with Thunder Rosa saying the same thing. I well, like, I don't know. I just think promos are much more powerful. Well, that's what I was going to get to as well Is you got to balance it out with a good actual promo too. Like if Thunder had done a vignette, I would have been like, we needed promos here. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I was glad oh, we did well, get, yeah. you know, at least one. I, I do think it should be balanced. If you're going to do a vignette, you should also do a promo, you know, kind of even it out. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I think that the the vignettes definitely have a place and they definitely have value. Um, I do think there's a time and a place for both. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, if if you ask me what I prefer, I would much rather get a good like 30, 40 second promo from someone than a little video package. That's that's just me. Yeah, I got you. All right, so next up was. Um... Rapongi Vice versus FTR for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. This match was freaking awesome. Um, I didn't know that Rocky Romero is the three-time uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion. He's been champion with multiple different people. Uh, this was 
Rapongi Vice's third time trying for the championships. Uh, he had failed fourth, in his. It was their fourth time. Was that? It was their fourth time. Oh, this was their fourth time. They had already failed three times. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Caprice Coleman from Ring of Honor was on uh, commentary. Took me a few minutes to figure it out. I may have missed when they announced his name the first time. And about halfway through the match, I was like, who the hell is this guy on commentary? But I figured it out pretty quickly after that. Um, this was a great match, man. Um, Dax had a really good hot tag. These guys went back and forth. Fantastic match. Um, turns out to be a double disqualification here. No winner to this match. Uh, great Okan and Jeff Cobb come running down to interrupt this match. And if you don't know, Great Okan is the guy at the beginning of our podcast uh, cutting a promo on me. I still have no idea what he says other than uh, Broken Tables Podcasto. Um, One of the best moments I've ever had. I was smiling from ear to ear with that guy. And then seeing him come out tonight, I lost my shit. I jumped out of my chair. I was like, it's the Great Okan. The wife was here. She was happy as well, too, because she's the one who filmed that. Um, this was freaking awesome, man. I'm really glad we're starting to get a little bit of the forbidden door shaping up. At least that's the way that I think this looks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have this crazy idea, right? And, and let me write it by you and yeah. tell me that it's fucking awesome. Cause I think it's fucking awesome. I think I already have this idea if, here, but let's see if you got it. What if we do, uh, a big tag team championship like not a gauntlet, but like an all belts are on the line match. Yes. Like let's say FTR <laughs> comes in, they fucking lay down the ring of honor and the triple a titles. Let's say I'm going to assume Jurassic express retains. I don't know if that's my, my prediction, but let's just say for the sake of simplicity, they come in, they put their championships down. And then the IWGP champions who I believe we we it's bullet club established. We that's bullet club. Maybe they drop the belts to this team and let this team come in and we have all four championships on the line. Um, and just winner takes all just fucking put your money on the table. Dude, that's Let's do it. Exactly what I was thinking. All four belts, triple a ring of honor, uh, IWGP and AEW. four belts on the line in one match with a bunch of tag teams. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, I don't know if they'd go for it, but here's something else. I'll do you one better. What I would do, I would call Impact, and Ooh. I would say, hey, guys, let's get your tag champs on this show. Put the belts on the line. Let FTR win it, and they could do, they could have a, a, a the T-shirt the next day where it's like, oh, we were a six-star FTR. Now we're five, we, we were five-star FTR, but now we're five-belt FTR. Wow. Like, could you fucking imagine? Could you imagine? Like, Tony Khan could take that one. That's a freebie. I won't even ask for anything in return. That's fine. <laughs> he can take it. But that's what I would do. If I'm booking this pay-per-view and, you know, obviously somewhere else on the card, an AEW guy will probably do the job for a New Japan guy. That's kind of how this is going to go. But I would I would do it here. I would do it this way. Because um, I also think that Forbidden Door, if I was also Tony Khan in New Japan, I would not let this card simply just be AEW versus New Japan. I would absolutely call Impact. I would absolutely call NWA. I mean, shit, I would probably Oof. even call GCW 
to be honest. I would just try to get as many as big companies in it. Many. Like I would call belts? Noah. I would call DDT. I would call everybody. Like, let's get a. You want to talk about SuperCard? SuperCard, man. Like, let's let's go above a SuperCard. Yeah, that'd be crazy. You wouldn't even be able to hold that many belts up, man. It'd be too heavy. You you felt yeah. how heavy in this thing real, is. You know, in all <laughs> realism, though, I don't think they're going to do that this year. No, I think, I think the cool, four though. But... The four is definitely a feasible and really good idea. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh Jeff Cobb puts Dax, Uncle Dax gets put through the announcer's table. Uh not the announcer's table, I'm sorry, through the timekeeper's table. And then Cash gets put through uh a table that was set up on the outside by the great Ocon. Um, the great Ocon was using the claw. He had him by the forehead. Um, Trent, I'm sorry, it was Trent, right? Yeah, Trent gets put through. I don't know, was it Cash or yeah. Trent? It was Trent, wasn't no, it? No, uh, Cash gets put through the first table. Trent gets put through the second table. It was Dax that got put through the first table, I'm pretty sure. And then it was Trent was it, in the okay, second. Okay, it was Dax, and then it was Trent, yeah. Dax and I know Trent, it was definitely Trent go. for the second one. Yeah, yeah. it was Trent. And, uh... That Trent one was nasty, man. So I think, you know, that one's going to win the broken table, but we're putting both of them in there. The broken table of the week is for sure this uh, spot here. Um, nasty table spots on both of them. I would argue that you have to pick one for the broken table of the week. Oh, no, I can't pick one, man. Uh, it's, there it's, can it's, be it's... only one spot. That's your, uh, that's your homework before the pay-per-view. You have to pick a Well, actually, here's the thing. You know, there might be a table at the pay-per-view too. So for all we know, because again, it it is double True. or nothing week. We are there could even be one on rampage this week, possibly. All right, we shall see. We 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 will determine that as the week goes by. Sure. All right, the Hardys cut a pretty decent promo on the Young Bucks, uh, saying that the Bucks may be in their prime, but they're in their over prime. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, really good promo here by the Hardys. Can't wait for this match. Yeah, I agree. My only critique of it is, is that it, everything they said in this promo was kind of said already on BTE. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if that's a, if that's something you can critique the promo for or not, uh, cause everything they said was still great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of the things like saying how the Bucks wouldn't have survived during the Hardy's heyday or how they're uh, Hardy cosplayers. I like that line a lot. Yeah. Um, I also like the, you know, they say never meet you heroes, but you can't beat your heroes. Ooh, that was um, good. I thought that was an excellent line. Yep. But yeah, it's going to be a great match. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next up was uh, Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy versus Swerve Strickland. Holy shit, man. This match was unbelievable. I still, every time I see Swerve in the ring, I just, it boggles my mind how the WWE let him get away or fired him, not let him get away, pushed him away. It is one of the most unbelievable things that I've ever seen. Um, This dude is absolutely incredible when he is inside that ring. Yeah. Uh, it's wild to me, and this was a an excellent three way dance. Oh, I yeah. love, I love the uh, the pace of a three way dance when all the workers in the match are excellent. And this was 
this was a fucking excellent match. I loved this match. I loved a lot of the spots of this match. Uh, every guy in this match is just so fucking talented. Like, yeah, th- like this right here is like the future of the company type match right here, where it's like you know maybe five years from now, like five years from now, this is the main event of Double or Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And did you notice that this this match kind of had like three generations of AEW in it? So we had Jungle Boy as an original, and then we had Ricky Starks as one of the COVID era, and then we have Swerve as one of the, you know, one of the many WWE guys that have come across, or I guess you could just call new acquisitions, I guess. It was like three different eras of WWE's, or I'm sorry, of AEW's future. Yeah, what do you uh, what do you think uh, this era of AEW will be called? This area, this this one, this era, this era. Yeah, the, the era that goes from the return of live shows, like and up to now, and probably will continue throughout this year. I mean, something to do with Punk, the era of Punk. I think he's winning this, and Maybe. I think we get a really nice run. Yeah, I would call it like. Hmm. I don't know, maybe the boom era, because this is like big stars yeah. came in and kind of solidified the roster. Something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But it was a thought. Small thought. Yeah. Um. Again, just to stress, if you guys watch any match from this episode, my God, you got to see this match. This match was incredible. Um, I was very yeah, shocked. And- Keith Lee gets the... I'm sorry, not Keith Lee. <laughs> Uh, Swerve picks up the uh, win in this match. Um, was not seeing this coming. Um, he actually pinned uh, Ricky Starks to get the win. Yeah, man. And just I feel like this. I feel like this pay per view match is going to be a fucking banger. I know we keep oh. talking about these pay per view matches delivering, and I again I'm not going to get too far into it because I do want to have things to talk about on Friday when we do yeah. our prediction show, which you should definitely check out. I will be putting my broken predictions championship on the line this weekend um yes. and i expect to retain uh, retain my title <laughs> all right so um essentially there's a big brawl afterwards um keith lee comes out uh luchasaurus comes out um keith lee jumps over the top ropes and does a 360 spin as he's coming down landing on Luchasaurus and Hobbs. Uh that was incredible. I, I thought I, I I don't know what I thought, but it was insane. I was just like I, I, I've never seen a guy that big fly like that. And he looks like a monster, man. He looks like the Hulk. Yeah. He's 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 crazy, man. All right, so next up uh, was a promo with um, the men of the year or American top team, whatever you want to call them at the moment. Uh, Dan Lambert pretty much said everything here. Um, He confirmed what I had said last week, actually, um, that we were afraid of them bringing that belt back out of his his office. Instead, they're going to do what I was hoping, and uh, they're making a brand-new belt just for Scorpio Sky. Um, Super happy about that. I really hope that that confirms, you know, that we're going to get a new belt made for each uh, new champion. And I'm really, really looking at Wardlow to be that next champion. Um, I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen, but 
I can see why you would do it. Yeah. I the only reason that, I say uh, that is because of the way Wardlow mentioned uh, how, you know, they cost him his shot at the T or his TNT championship, and he seemed pretty angry about it. So I think after whatever happens at Double or Nothing, I think he's going to go after that. My only reasoning why I don't think that's going to happen is just simply at that point, you're booking yourself to kind of have somebody come off as looking bad. Um, I don't think what Wardlow needs to do right after his match with MJF, because again, Wardlow is going to beat MJF. I don't think that that's a super shocking result. I mean, because he's, he's fighting for an AEW contract. He needs to beat MJF to be able to wrestle. So he's going to have to win that match. Um, I don't think you want to have him go into Dynamite next week and challenge Scorpio Sky because, number one, we're, we've been sitting here critiquing this entire storyline and critiquing mm. how the TNT title is starting to get tossed around a little too much. Uh, I think the last thing you want to do is have Scorpio go and drop the belt three weeks after, two weeks after winning it. Oh, no, Don't no, I didn't mean at soon at all. I didn't mean soon. I just meant that's our destination for Wardlow here over the next few months. I definitely didn't mean right now. Sky's got to hold on to uh, that for a while. Oh, okay, because you were saying, like, right after Double or Nothing. That's no, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. I meant um, kind of Sky's probably got to have a program with Ethan Page. I really think those two should go at it for the title for a little while. Um, he should, like, feel like he's, you know, been overlooked by his friend or whatever. But uh, eventually, I think that's where we should go instead of the World Championship with Wardlow. Cause I feel like that's where MJF and punk have to go, you know? <clears throat> right. But we'll see. Um, we'll get to see that belt on Friday, by the way, brand new custom belt made just for Scorpio sky in his image. Lambert said, so that's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what it looks like. And yeah, next we'll up, see. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, next up was a really, really good, very passionate promo by Thunder Rosa on stage with Tony Schiavone. Um, she looked incredible in that red cowgirl outfit. Oh, my God, that was gorgeous. And no face paint. Um, this is the first time I believe we've seen her on AEW television without face paint. Um, and I think she was saying, look at my face, you know, look at my face, like, and it, it worked. It really definitely, you know, it hit that whatever string she was trying to pluck or hit there, it definitely worked. I, I was drawn into that promo. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I was really grateful and really happy that they did this promo here. I think this is exactly what we needed to get from Thunder Rosa, really since she's won the title. The thing about Thunder Rosa, you know, and I don't know how much you listen to, like, other things that she goes on, you know, other podcasts and, like, the – uh busted open and stuff like that but she's like she's very and you can see when you know in her promos and when she won the title she's a very honest and like passionate person and like she really cares about this stuff so to let her get real in this promo i thought was really an excellent way to go especially in a storyline that has kind of fallen flat not because of the talent in it but because of the booking admittedly yeah um I thought that this was an excellent promo and i'm so glad that they did it, it, it you know if they were going to do it this was the time to do it. Yeah. Um, and again, this is why I would like, and I know you said that it differs from time to time, but this is why I would take a promo, you know, let Tony Schiavone hold the mic and ask a few questions and let the wrestler get the, 
get their promo out. I think this is the way to go, and it was excellent for me. Yeah, and like you said, I think it was definitely needed. Uh, this needed to be a, a live promo, not a vignette like the ones earlier. This was perfect the way that it was. Um, and I'm really happy we got to see her before the pay-per-view. I feel like we haven't seen her in a while. Is it just me? Um, You know, there's been some critiques of that, and I, like, kind of. Again, I think the problem was is that they've been so stacked with the Owen tournament. I think a lot of things fell to the wayside. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think Thunder Rosa and her storyline with Deeb was kind of one of those things where it's just like they just didn't have enough TV time um, to go yeah. around. And I was almost wondering if... Thing... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that sometimes they do this thing where they kind of rotate the talent around to tell their storylines because they don't have enough TV time to go around. Yeah. And I think that this was the case of that where... We might not have heard from them every single week, but I would say like every two or three weeks we got a little bit of something else. Yeah. I was just kind of wondering, like, I was hoping she wasn't like nursing an injury or just, you know, maybe she is just kind of healing up a little bit, just getting back into 100%, you know. Everybody needs a little time yeah, off. Yeah, She works a lot of independent shows before she won that title, so she might have just been healing up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I also don't think that it's super – um you know, like I feel like a lot of people are giving her a lot of shit because she hasn't wrestled, but people forget she did defend the title against Nyla Rose like yeah. three or four weeks ago. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I guess she has been, this feud has been on TV almost every week. Yep. Whether it's been hit or miss, you know, that's something else. But I mean, because <laughs> Battle of the Belts is four weeks ago, give or take. And then the week after, Deeb challenged her. And then the week after, they did a video, a vignette. And then the week after they had that last week was that weird Serena deep promo. And then this week was Thunder Rosa. So yeah, it, it's been on TV every week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can't wait for that match. That's going to be another great one. Um, next up was a uh, red velvet and Tony Schiavone quick little promo here. Um, Tony was like, you got to be upset after losing to Chris Statlander. And Velvet said literally what I was thinking. It was one of the funniest things to me. I was I was just literally thinking it in my head. I was like, no shit, Tony. And Velvet said it like I said it. It was fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> but he mentions Ruby Soho, and uh, she pops up out of nowhere being like, hey, I heard my name. I was walking by. Uh, Red Velvet hands a little black journal to Ruby Soho and said, here's all the notes I have on Chris Statlander and how to beat her. Um, <laughs> essentially, Ruby just threw it like, oh, don't need that because it's a brand new Chris Statlander. Um, what did you think of this? Uh, well, so I actually had an unfortunate thing happen where I, I don't know if it was TBS. Apparently not because you saw the whole promo. Um, but my TBS kind of like cut out. So I, I didn't catch like everything after she was handed the book um like i saw her get handed the book and then she left and then ruby started talking and then it just cut out for me so i mean i don't have like a 100 percent a great opinion because i didn't really see the whole yeah. promo um, yeah but that's just i don't know if someone was up with tbs or or my cable yeah. I, don't, I don't know Something. see that happened that happened to me as well but it was like the last few words that tony shivani and ruby soho said together so I only missed like the very last couple of words, but yeah, it did happen to me a little bit too. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe somebody tripped over those giant wires leading to the truck, you know? 
<laughs> Maybe it was Jericho. He's a wizard. Yeah, the wizard. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Next up was Britt Baker versus Tony Storm in the Owen Hart uh, semifinals. Um, what an incredible match these two ladies had. Uh, absolutely great match. Tony Storm gets her nose busted open. I don't know if it was broken or not, but she was bleeding from her nose. Uh, not horribly. She wasn't pouring blood or anything, but, you know, definitely enough to where the announcers noticed it. I noticed it right before they said it. Um, I was absolutely shocked at Britt Baker getting the win in this match. I was almost positive Jamie Hayter was going to cost her this match. But uh, Hayter comes out and distracts Tony Storm. And Baker gets a roll-up right next to the ropes. And I don't know which ref this was, but he positions himself like an absolute moron. And Baker grabs the middle rope and secures the 1-2-3 with a roll-up holding on to the ropes. And Britt Baker moves on in the Owen Hart tournament over Tony Storm. I did not see this coming, did you? No, I was definitely surprised by the outcome. Um, Yeah. But... I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it, I, it's always good when it's a little bit more on the unpredictable side. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was surprised. I thought it was a great match with, with a, a good finish. I mean, I, I kind of read it that, you know, I, I feel a Jamie Hayter heel turn or I guess a Brit face turn is coming up, but uh, we'll see. I could have swore it was going to happen right there. I could have swore Jamie was going to cost her the match and Brit was going to wrestle her for the next couple weeks you know i was i was shocked yeah well i mean when uh jamie came down to the ring Britt was like i told you i don't need you here yep yep and that's where i thought so, it was gonna know, happen i was like here it is it's happening but oh they got me man I'm, the unpredictability is great i love it and yeah and, you know don't hate me Britt. i do love that you won the wife was over here cheering for you the whole time <laughs> hmm. um I don't know if you noticed this, but this crowd was absolutely fantastic for this match. There was a monster Let's Go Tony DMD chant back and forth going. I thought that this should have been the main event. Even though it was like the co-main event, I think we should have swapped out the Kyle O'Reilly and Samoa Joe match for this one. Yeah, possibly. I think uh, think you could have went with either or. Again, almost any... Not almost any match on this card could have main evented tonight and it would have been fine. Absolutely. There's the Britt Baker's autograph to the wife here. I got to get that put in a nice frame somewhere. Um, all right. So next up was Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe for the uh, men's opportunity to go to the finals against Adam Cole. Um, again, uh, this was a very unpredictable match. I mean, at least in my opinion, because I thought Kyle O'Reilly was taking this one. I thought we were going to have a undisputed elite final in the Owen Hart Cup there. But Samoa Joe uh, chops the ever-living bejesus out of Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Kyle O'Reilly's back had those nasty, um, what are those called, cup therapy bruises, I guess. They're like giant hickeys from those cups that people get those yep. massage tables. Um, I like how they kind of use that in a storyline a little bit saying Kyle O'Reilly was using that to like, you know, fix his muscles from his last match with Jeff Hardy. It was good. Yeah, I agree. I thought this was a, an excellent match. Uh, I was not surprised by the, 
outcome. I know you are. Yeah. But... Oh, no worries. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a great match. I liked how Kyle O'Reilly focused on Joe's arm. I thought that was a big deal coming into this match. Another reason why I thought he was going to lose because Kyle O'Reilly against Ray Phoenix, you know, he targeted that arm, got him in that arm bar, got him to tap out. Um, I thought that was the whole point of the lead pipe to the, to the shoulder from, you know, Satnam Singh and uh, Sanjay Dutt lethal. So, you know, they swerved me with it that that was, my whole reasoning of why uh, Kyle O'Reilly was going to be able to take Joe out, but nah, um, Joe gets him. How did Joe win this one? I I think I forgot to write down how he finished this. He got him in the, the rear naked choke, right? Yep, he got him into his uh, submission finisher, and O'Reilly passed out. Yeah, I was going to say the Coquina clutch, what he used to call it in NXT, but they have not. Uh, they haven't called it that since he's come to AEW, so I don't think he's using that name. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's calling it right now, but it's his it's his finisher that he was using. Yes, um, yes. And it is the Coquina yeah, clutch. But... Passes it. Yep. All right, so um, O'Reilly passes out, and they call the match. Um, Samoa Joe wins. Huge AEW chance during this finish here. Um, the crowd absolutely went bananas through this whole episode. It was great absolutely amazing go home show. Uh, Adam Cole comes out to close out the show to kind of confront Samoa Joe. Um, does the Adam Cole baby and fantastic way to uh, go off the air, man. How about, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I thought it was excellent. Sorry. I, there's a funny thing on Twitter that just got posted that uh, it's from NXT. It's, Samoa Joe putting Adam Cole in a sleeper hold and Adam Cole passing out. <laughs> so <laughs> NXT posted it. <laughs> no, no, no. It was oh, okay. it was a clip. It's a clip from NXT. Oh, gotcha. but okay, I think okay. oh, it was it was fightful. Fightful posted it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, no. I, I, this was an excellent match, an excellent go home show. Uh, I think that the the hype is definitely high. Um, this has a lot of potential to go down as an all-time AEW pay-per-view. We'll see what yeah. happens. Um, the talent's definitely there, and the card's definitely there. So we will see. Um, hopefully we get some surprises of some sort over the over the weekend. Yeah, and we didn't get the match announced uh, for Double or Nothing with Sammy and Ty Conti that's rumored. Uh, um, it is rumored that that intergender match is written on the card backstage, but it hasn't been announced yet. So if we don't get it on mm-hmm. Friday, I don't think we're getting the match, but um, we shall see. Uh, what do we got for Rampage this Friday? What did they, uh, what do we got? Let me uh, turn to my notes. I can't we wait have... to see the new belt, man. Love belts. Yes. Now, now Rampage will be live this week because it is a pay-per-view week. So the Rampage is live. It's not being filmed tonight. It's um, not. No, it's not. It's it's live. It's live in Vegas. Wow, um, I did not know that. Okay, awesome. Yeah, they pretty much do that for every pay-per-view. Because like whenever they do a pay-per-view, they come to town that week, and they're just there that whole week. So they do Dynamite Live, Rampage Live on Friday, and then the pay-per-view on Saturday or Sunday, depending on which one it is. Um, oh, yeah. So Rampage will be live. It is going to be a special start time. 
I don't think the start time has been given yet. I If it is, it's like 7, which I hope it's 7, because that would be great. But I don't know for sure. Um, but I do know that we will have the final uh, semifinal match in the Owen. It'll be Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho, the winner facing Britt Baker on Sunday. Nice. Um, we have Matt Seidel versus Brian Danielson with with his lordship, William Regal, on commentary. Okay. They were selling Danielson's Me. leg in this uh, episode tonight, so maybe uh, you know that's going to be a factor in his next couple matches. It's going to be nice. Yep. Uh, the Young Bucks will be in action. Yeah, I saw that. I was shocked. My jaw hit the freaking floor. I was like, what? <laughs> And uh, we will have a segment with Scorpio Sky uh, having his new title unveiled. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be freaking great. I love belts. Um, they haven't had a belt yet that I didn't think was gorgeous. Uh, that new women's championship is absolutely beautiful. TNT, or I mean, sorry, TBS title is absolutely beautiful. So I can't wait to see this one. Yep, and that's uh, that's what we have. Because uh, again, it's a it's the live episode of rampage. So they're not going to have a lot of cuts and editing that they can do to make, uh, to pad the show out. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's the go home show for the pay-per-view and we will be live next, uh, or this Friday, excuse me, this Friday, uh, we're going to be doing a rampage recap. And then we're also going to be doing a double or nothing pay-per-view prediction episode uh forrest will be joining us i don't know if he'll be joining us for both he'll definitely be joining us for the prediction episode um which is exciting but yeah that's uh that's what we got tonight yep that is uh i I just can't wait for this pay-per-view rampage is going to be great i'm actually surprised i didn't realize this was a live rampage i'm i'm stoked for this now Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's gonna be great. All right, um, you got any news for us you wanted to go over? Um, not really. Um, just you know, enjoying wrestling after what's been a rough, uh, a rough start to the week. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bad shit going on in the world. You know, just you know, thoughts and prayers while we're talking about it. You know. Thoughts and prayers and, you know, let's get some, let's get some change going. Let's get some action on it. Yeah. You know, speaking of the thoughts and prayers and like people, we need positive vibes out there, man. Like this, this ringside news story is driving me up the wall that this guy is essentially committing career suicide for himself and any employees that may, he may have had over at ringside news. Um, This guy's a total slime ball. I mean, the video that, Jordan actually recorded him on a Facebook live. Um, this dude is heinous, man. Uh, I will never retweet anything from ringside news. I will never use one of their breaking stories. If they ever get one again, um, I doubt that's even ever going to happen again for them. Uh, but just what a slime ball, man. And you know, we, we will never have anything to do with ringside news ever. Yeah, absolutely. All right, like I said, positive vibes, everybody. Um, just, you know, everybody be nice to each other. Just always think about, you know, nothing's nothing's worth, you know, even, as much as I love the Blackpool Combat Club, violence is not the answer, everybody. And so everybody be nice to each other out there. 
And uh, Rome, go ahead and close us out tonight, man. All right. Well, this has been episode 36 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and subscribe or follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you for listening to us on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Table Show or on Facebook and Instagram at the Broken Tables Podcast. We go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. Double, we are in the middle of Double or Nothing week. We will be doing a Rampage recap, but also our Double or Nothing prediction show will be live this Friday night, where I will be putting my Broken Predictions Championship on the line again in a three-way dance against uh, Young Jeffrey over here and Forrest. Uh, you know, I'm older again, than you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think I'm going to walk out of here with the champion, you know, and and remain the uh, the youngest broken prediction champion of all, you know, in history. Um, there you go. But yeah, until then, we'll see you later. Right on, guys. Out. <laughs>